Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now save $30 on the American-made steel FS56 RCE trimmer. Real steel. The FS56 RCE is made in America of U.S. and global materials. Offer valid through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Live from the 6th and Peabody studio and across the Outkick network, this is Outkick 360 with Jonathan Hutton, Chad Withrow, and Paul Kuharski. Out of the gates and ready to go. Outkick 360 is underway from 6th and Peabody with Yeehaw Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine. Big day plan. Wednesday edition means primary complaint. We will have that in hour number two today because we will talk U.S. Open golf, odds, best picks, who you should not be behind on this course, and much, much more. We have Dan Dockich coming up in about an hour and 15 minutes, plus player contracts, NFL headlines. Uh, Paul's been at Titans minicamp for day number two. So we've got perspective on that and a lot more. Gentlemen, good afternoon. Boys, I'm just happy to be here today. Just real excited. Uh, it's been a great week so far. I'm trying to think of all the loving things I can say about just being here with you guys, doing this show. Just real, real excited to be a part of it today. Sounded like you were near death or something. I'm just happy to be here today. Like you know, I got sometimes hit by a you garbage got, truck. Uh, you know, near, near death it. experiences. <laughs> I haven't had one of those recently, but... You just wake up thankful to be around and being to, to be able to do what you love. I know we love to start with weather. It's been really hot in Nashville, uh, but at Hutton, you were out at Titans yesterday. It's kind of escaped it somehow. It's all right, yeah. And you weren't even under the ledge. Titans have built a giant new building that runs along a sideline of one of the practice fields. When training camp rolls around, the days that they're on field one, field A, are going to be great. And the days that they're on field three, field C are going to be absolutely miserable. Um, and right now, field three is under construction. So uh, it's, it, it's been a good two days of them being on the first field and we're in the shade. It's not as hot as it seems like it is or it hasn't been the last two days. So I'm grateful for that. Chad, you've been at basketball camp or something of the like this, this morning. Yeah, so I've been uh, taking my uh, daughter, Evie, to basketball camp this week. And um, I've not gone in to watch at all. And, and so far, my daughter is very much, she's seven. I mean, she has, she's played you know, three sports, and I wouldn't even count soccer because, not that I don't count soccer as a sport, but because she played That's when right. she was three, you know, for one season and didn't really take. Um, but she will say, I don't really like basketball. You know, every night like that, I, I hate to break it to you, but I just don't like basketball that much. And she, then she goes on to say, you know, except for the dribbling and the shooting and the four-on-four. Yeah. And I said, well, Evie, that's basketball. Like, that, that's the game. Like, if you enjoy playing, she said, I like playing games. Like, and this is the way she is there. I said, well, then you like basketball, but let's give it some time. Once you learn what you're doing, you might like it more. I'm not going to let you just stop now. But if in two years you know what the game is and you still hate it, then I'm not going to force her to play. Well, So I get to this basketball camp today to pick her up, and uh, they're having – four-on-four scrimmage, and she's excited. She's not in the game at the time. Waves up to me, gets in the game, and she is running hard down the court. Her team is on a fast break. They go down, shoot the ball. My daughter gets the offensive rebound. I'm thinking, here's a great, proud moment. She's at least going to throw it towards her basket 
And maybe it airballs, maybe it goes off the backboard, nothing else, but it'll be a proud dad moment. Instead, uh, my daughter gets the rebound and just darts for the other end, thinking that every rebound must be a defensive rebound, so I'm going to take off down the other end of the court. So Evie takes off on a line down the other end of the court. Of course, her basket's over here. It's an over-and-back penalty. They give it back to her. I, I can still tell she's confused. Um, she's sort of in this eternal, what I call offensive-slash-defensive position on the court. It's an athletic position, but it's almost like a crouching panther. Her hands aren't out extended like you're on defense with the palms up to slap up at the ball that, that you're taught, nor are her hands out to receive the pass. It's kind of in between because she doesn't know if she's on offense or defense half the time. So she's really ready for anything like soccer. when the ball comes her way. We yeah, had a conversation. You know, this is a big thing with kids. We had a conversation on the, on the way back. I said, Evie, I need you to not listen to Encanto right now. I'm going to turn this down. And I want you to understand offense and defense. On <laughs> offense, are you trying to score or stop the team from scoring? And she says, we're trying to score. Okay, on defense, then what are you trying to do? And she says, block them. And I say, well, yes, but what we're trying to do is stay in between them and the basket. This is the hardest concept for little kids to learn because they just go to the ball. And I'm saying, if you are in between your player that you're guarding and the basket, you have a chance to block her when she turns to try to throw it or shoot it towards the basket. These are things we're learning step by step. Three days into basketball camp, it hasn't completely sunk in. But I'm hoping, you know, maybe a year from now when we play again, she'll learn. I like the contrariness of uh, not liking the game, but liking all the elements of the game. Yeah, it's kind of like your buddy who was never hung over. <laughs> yeah, right. You know, I'm, I'm not, not hung over. I just, I'm dry mouth. I got a headache. Yeah. Uh, Dehydrated. I'm a, little, I'm a little anxious. I lack energy. <laughs> yeah. Not no really energy. that hungry. I feel like I need a nap right now. <laughs> I never get hung over. Yeah. That was my daughter. Dad, I hate to break it to you. I don't like basketball. Other than the dribbling, the shooting, shooting the scoring. defense, the four-on-four, four, five-on-five. Inbound, uh, inbounding plays. I still get a kick out of Chad saying, Evie, and I, I haven't listened to Encanto. Is that the name of this? Yeah, It's um, a soundtrack. Okay. It's, a, it's a delightful okay. Disney film. Uh, I'm gonna, Lin-Manuel Miranda actually and you have wrote the soundtrack. Chad turning it down. Evie, we're going to turn this down because we need to talk about defense and rebounding. <laughs> yeah. Well, I get <laughs> it's already. It's like a coach like, on the bus. I, guys! Guys, we're turning uh, off well, all our devices. Like, we need to talk defense. I, I really thought that we would have a period of time, like father-daughter, where that. she would actually enjoy talking to me or listening to the sound of my voice or me imparting <laughs> wisdom on her. Come on. I mean, it is already a shutdown. Like I start to talk, and yes, I know. Yes, I know. Dad, I know. And I, Evie, you you, I haven't even said anything yet. And her response is, yes, I know. And her, she's rolling her eyes. I'm thinking... Evie, be quiet just for a little bit and listen to what I'm saying and ask questions if you have any. It's okay to ask questions. So we've skipped whatever period of time I thought we'd be in when she would enjoy talking to me to now it's like she's 17 and she's seven years old eternally. So what's it going to be like when she's 17? Do you well, think and I'm embarrassing her in front of her friends. I've got a boy, obviously, so it may be entirely different, but I think that period will circle back. And you'll have it some. Yeah, before, when she's like 30 and married with kids. No, 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 no. Be between, <laughs> seven, be between 7 and 14, there will be a time where you have I, I don't know. I don't know. I, I hope you're right, Paul, with this one. I, I don't know. I think I've, I'm lost forever. <laughs> you missed it. It's just, it's over. Like, if I'm doing exactly what she wants in that moment in You've time. you got her. Which is playing the movie she wants, playing the game she wants, whatever, she's going to be in. She's going to be telling me what to do, but she's going to be in. If I'm saying anything other than exactly 
what she wants in that moment, she's out. Completely out. Do you think that your home will be the home that will be the hangout spot for her in like late middle school, high school years? Or do you think it'll be like, uh, for me, it was like 50 50. Like if you wanted to come over the weekend and ride four wheelers or, you know, whatever, you came to the farm. But if you wanted to go, you know, to the lake and hang out, my place wasn't to do it. We got out of there. Uh, I think, yes. I, I think it'll be someone else's house. It won't necessarily be because of me. Her <laughs> uh, oh, sister? No. Yeah. Oh, oh, oh. The mom, her indictments mom, are coming oh. in. Her mom is a lot more strict than I, I am. Newsflash, indictments, yeah, indictments are coming in. Yeah, her, her mom's <laughs> a lot more strict than I am, so I don't think we're going to be the quote-unquote fun house. I think if there's any type of mischief going on, it's going to take place at some other parent's house. Here's, here's that, the thing. If that makes sense. Here's a summer sure. thing at my house. Simon's day is made or broken by whether he can find somebody who will come over and hang out. And this is not, you know, two of his better friends live in the neighborhood, but the other ones are drive. So somebody needs to drive somebody over. And then when it's searing hot like it is, there's only so much you could do in the house. And they're not going out to do anything when it's searing hot. And nobody's able to take them to the pool. Yeah, you Teresa like took them to the mall the other day and worked in the mall for a while while they went and did stuff and reported back to him periodically. But if he can't find somebody to do that, he, he, well, I mean, he's either high as a kite a, um, because he's got somebody doing that or he's out. And yeah, all he's no, doing is watching YouTube and laying around miserable. But the, the mall is miserable for two things at that age. Either you're right at the age where you want to hang out with a girl or you're at, you're at the mall, but you have no money to spend. So you're just walking around looking at things that you won't be taking home. Like the average, I was reading something over the weekend. The average male... Uh, gets bored at a store 26 minutes after arriving there. Like they're they're completely it's done a good and 26 miserable. 26 minutes. Um, if it's you're, better if, than you're the house. if you're simply there because you're tagging along for Browsing. some reason. Yeah. Um, I don't know what it would have been like for me uh, other than like Black Friday. We always went shopping for Christmas prior to Amazon taking over the world. Um, and we, you know, my aunt loved, yeah, well, reluctantly loved hanging out with us on Black Friday despite the crowds like we just made a huge day of and it was a blast because you always left with something you had an early christmas present and you knew one thing that you were getting and you were able to get something for everyone else and you left with things it wasn't boring but i can't imagine being in middle school walking around a mall on a summer day and not being able to buy something he's got 20 bucks so like well no but this this time yesterday yeah she gave him 20 each 20 bucks so there's what is, a what store is, What does that get you now? Well, uh, it, not Char- that's Charlie's cool. cheese stick. Some candy. <laughs> what, a lunch. Some candy, a bottle of some crazy soda. There's one yeah. store there that has all kind of wacky stuff. I think they could spend some time there and sort through stuff. Then they go look at sneakers they want, skateboards they want. See, when I was growing up, the $20 would have equated to going to a CD store in the mall right. and buying a CD. A CD. You get two of them. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. If, if you went, you bargain. You know, most were like $14, $15 for the new ones, but yeah. bargain would have been you you know, to, 10 apiece. You try to leave with the explicit lyrics label on that. I, I had a buddy growing up. This is like fifth or sixth grade. It was heaven because his mom worked at the mall, like worked retail in a store at the mall. So we would just go on her shift and she would just turn us loose. So for eight you hours, eight hours, we would just Ooh, be in the mall, you, you know, eleven year olds by ourselves. You got a movie theater? Walking around. I mean, I don't remember going to the movie. We'd go. Look at uh, posters at Spencer's Gifts. We would yeah. go to the Blockbuster Music or whatever it was in the mall at the time. This was 
the old Hickory Hollow Mall, which no longer exists, now that, that yeah, we'd go to. No, now that I think of it, that was the that was our version of the internet. That sounds very old, but like you would go flip through that because you didn't see it anywhere else. Oh yeah, you know? I mean, that was that was, was my culture. culture. Spencer still exists. There's one in uh, in Cool Springs. It's mall. Uh, the other one was um, Hot Topic. Oh yeah, was one. I remember me and a buddy got in trouble because they had uh, like an inflatable couch in Hot Topic. For like a bedroom, it was like it was like a you know it was a float for the pool, but it was a chair, and we like jumped on it when we got in there, like hey, joking around and deflated the thing, and they were trying to make us pay for it, and we were like, no, this is how crap. much would it have been? I mean, way too much, you know, for the time for 1994, would have been way too much. Th- those were the days. We also had uh, the old Opryland. We had season passes, so I would That's go three cool. or four days a week. Uh, that that would have been heaven at eleven. Where are you going? Well, these are also things now that I look back and I'm like, there's no way in hell I would just drop my 11 or 12 year old kid no, off not at a theme park all the day and leave. Not at 11. Those clowns were babysitting you. <laughs> but think about that. Like, how much either we've devolved or evolved as parents that my parents would just swing up to the front gate at a theme park and drop kids off and say, see you in seven hours. <clears throat> it was a replacement for school. <laughs> Except without the chaperone element. <laughs> or the really, edu- or the education. <laughs> really unbelievable. Yeah, Dad, Dad needs a break. Daddy will be at I'm the track. I'm going fishing. <laughs> going to see what I can catch today. I got a line on a real winner at the tracks. We'll see you later, kids. Man, I, I long for those days now. I, I long for the it's day where I can kick him out of the car for a day without a parent being involved. That, that'll be an exciting time. That's coming. That's close for you. It's 12. That's very close for you. Getting there. Where were we recently? Um, they Chaperone. Oh, it was at IMAX um, for Jurassic World. And so I guess people drop off their kids for these movies now. Because they were, if you were walking in under a certain age, you had to prove that you were with a guardian to just get to the point where you could get to the door of the theater. Does that make sense? What age? Is it, I mean, is it was it like PG thirteen. Is it thirteen? No, I mean, you couldn't even. You weren't allowed to even buy a ticket yet. You see what I'm saying? Like it was just to get into the mall, and then then you reach the get IMAX. into the mall area. Not even the yeah. So the parking lot. Then you to get into the mall to then reach the entrance of IMAX here in Nashville. They were checking IDs if you if for kids to see if they were coming in with a guardian. Wow. That's pretty strange. And they were linking them up. I, I don't know if that I'm was maybe, maybe there was some Amber Alert or something that I wasn't aware of. You know, not not that I'm making light of that, but that that made me think of what we're talking about, where you just drop off your your kids and go. Maybe they've had some issue with that. <laughs> well, and they I, don't want the liability. I also think if you're doing it, this wouldn't be the case if you're at like a night movie. But I feel like it was pretty common back in the day where you would just get dropped off the movie theater and or as you know. Late teens, even when you're driving, you just go to two or three movies in a day and just bounce oh, from one to the other with one ticket. You could easily do that. Here. I remember no doing one, that at like 22 years old. Once they scan your ticket on your phone, um, and they're not doing that individual goes, theater, yeah. it's just for the entire theater. Then you go wherever you want. I went to a fundraiser last night at Richland Country Club. <clears throat> We've had this conversation on our previous show about my craving the country club life. <clears throat> I don't know place. who doesn't. Uh, speaking of the U.S. Open this week, is at a place called the Country Club. I don't know who doesn't crave this, but so I went to get us a second round of drinks and out that window 
you could see like half the pool with the kids going down the slide and just all the kids. This is making me pine for that. I, I mean, what was the what was the Netflix show that we watched that Reed turned us on to? Oh, it was, Red, it was uh, Amazon Prime. Red actually. something. It was an 80s country yeah, club. Yeah, I'll, oh, I'll find the God, name of it. it it's, it's, good. it's really good. But I would kill to have country club, like just go to the club for the day. Oh, I'm going to go to the club. Red Oaks, right? Red Oaks. It was great. Yeah. But just, I, look, I stood there for an extra three minutes missing songs at this songwriter I, thing, uh, pining for, oh, to be, not just to be a country club life, but to be a kid at the country club the, life. The coolest homes to me growing up were the ones on the back nine of McMinnville Country Club in McMinnville, Tennessee, because you had cart access. All the kids had cart access. All their dads played and were members of the club. And so you could back the the cart out and reach. You could go to the back nine at night just because the cart chip. connected, the cart path connected to their back porch, all of them, uh, which was off the course on their private property. So it's like having your own boat dock. Right. Um, where that if you want to go out on the 18th green, you know, or the, you know, in this case, would it would have been 16 putt? or 15 because that was way off the beaten path. Uh, you could do that or you could just, you know, screw around. Uh, yeah, whatever you wanted to do. I would have chipped and putt like crazy. You know what's sad about that? I hear these, you know, we had glow in the dark uh, golf balls. Yeah, that's awesome. The country club lifestyle makes me, you know, want that also. But I think about how awesome it is for those kids. And then I think, Yet every kid who grew up that way Spoiled. or is there now probably hates it. It's probably there. It's like, God, can we do anything I mean, other than go any, to this nice pool? Yeah, you don't know any. Yeah. Right? Like yeah. you always. You want more. You yearn Still, for whatever though, you don't have. Think of it. You can invite a buddy. You go to the pool. You can go up to the concession stand and order on your family name. I mean, it's pretty damn good. <laughs> Such a great lesson in life. <laughs> I, I, I'm not sure. Just get lesson. by on your rich family's name. Don't even leave or a money. Just tell them the last name. Put it on 792, count. please. The, Underhead, the Underhills bill. The Underhills, yes. yes. Or anyone else's name that you know yeah, there. Right. Any of the other family. Yeah, this one's on Mr. Trent. <laughs> I'll take another cheeseburger and chocolate malt on yeah. the Kowarski's. Yeah, I need a popsicle. Mika Fitzpatrick uh, can certainly put it on his bill. Now he's reset the safety market. Uh, we'll discuss that in Pittsburgh. Uh, there is a new addition, yet another addition, to Amazon's uh, Thursday night football coverage. I don't, my biggest question with this is, when is the broadcast team going to be complete? Because every week there's a new edition, and this one I think will be really good. It's going to be the biggest uh, desk you've ever seen. Like, well, and they're not really assigning roles, too, no, we can they're talk not. about. They're just, yeah. they're, they're here. We don't know what they're going to do yet. We've got that. We've got uh, Jeff Fisher's visit with us from this past weekend at Outkick the Tailgate. Cam Rogers is going to join us, the host of Lock It In on Believe. A, a big show plan. Dan Dockich is still to come. We are just getting started. Wednesday edition of Outkick 360. Glad you're with us across the Outkick network. Outkick 360 rolls on from 6th and Peabody. Mika Fitzpatrick gets the contract extension in Pittsburgh. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You're all, I, I always say, say this each time the guy resets the bar. He's the new guy to set the bar for safety pay. 
Um, there will be more. Was it Bates and Cincinnati's holding Bates, out right yes, now? Yes, there will always the be the next team. guy, and we're always going to continue to climb this. Um, but we, we've seen this during the draft, and we've seen it over the last week and a half uh, with Aaron Donald, with Cooper Cup, now with Mika Fitzpatrick. There have been others. Um, maybe I just have overlooked some contract extensions in years past. I think there's more movement in that regard now than what we've seen in a lot of cases in off-seasons for this time of year. Um, normally, the extensions happen right around training camp um, because that's when you need your guys. That's when the guys get in, right? Like The negotiations happen during this period of time. And instead, a lot of guys are signing up now and not waiting it out another month and a half. Yeah, the calendar's changed a little bit. Uh, teams are more willing to go a little sooner. The other thing um, <clears throat> that usually happens closer to now, and I'm not conscious of what the deadline is because I don't have a franchise tag guy, is that that's the, the deadline that comes up here. So some of these franchise tag that's guys right. will get their long-term deals, and I think that deadline's maybe mid-July. Uh, maybe third week of July. I think you're if right. If it's the same as it's been in the past, so that forces some deals to happen because you can't negotiate long-term deals with those guys after that deadline, and then they have to play the season on the franchise tag. So that that prompts action for for some contracts. Um, but there does seem to be more. Certainly, the Rams have have uh, set a bar there, getting two big deals done. Um, but. Th- things are evolving in some ways in the NFL um, calendar, calendar-wise. And I think that's also an indication, Chad, of the salary cap that is going to really jump up moving forward because we're seeing some of the money uh, this year from the new TV contract, like the billion-dollar Amazon deal is happening a year earlier than when it was originally announced. Um, Fox gave it up, and Amazon jumped in to get it going. Um so that's going to really affect the cap next year. All of that TV money goes in and it affects the money that the players get on the cap. Right now, it's what, 208 point something, Paul. Sounds right. And the expectation is it could be around 220 next year. And then we'll continue to rise as more money comes in from the, the mega TV contracts that will be re-upped or have been re-upped and, and go into effect moving forward. So I think that a lot of this is teams spreading money out for the future, knowing they're going to have plenty of room down the path here of roster building. And uh, on the NFL contract front, I don't know if now or later, we'll talk about Jeffrey Simmons in Nashville, who I I think is having a hold in, um, which I don't know if we've seen before. I think we've probably seen before. I looked around. I don't think there are any going on now. Uh, Titans, really. Uh, Simmons, to his credit, uh, spoke about it today, but he didn't really help himself because he offered no clarity, um, and and the Titans didn't either. Uh, maybe the fourth does anyone story, with the Titans offer clarity fourth, on anything? Fourth story <laughs> of the offseason where they could could put something to bed with one sentence, and instead now are going to leave it open for for six weeks of of speculation. He said uh, Simmons did say he would be at training camp. But um, he could be at training, and he said, I'll be out there at right. training camp, but still he could show up and do the same thing if he yep. wanted, show up and say he's not going to be on the field. Now, Mike Vrabel said he's not letting contracts determine, and he decides who's practicing and not. But what if Jeffrey Simmons shows up or calls in advance and says, I'm going to be there, but I'm not going to practice? 
He's got the power in that. I don't know that he's gaining anything with the power in that, but he's got the power in that. And Mike Vrabel can puff up and say, I determine who practices and who doesn't. But does he in that circumstance? I, I don't think he can concede that he doesn't. But I don't know if he's being honest. The, uh, this is scary to me. Yeah, all right. I agree. Slippery slope. You're going to get me going here. The NFL is on a very slippery slope right now, headed towards NBA range. And what I mean by it is this. Mike Vrabel is a hard ass of a head coach, and I love that about him. And I love his team's mentality. Mike Vrabel has no power over Simmons. He has no power, had no power over A.J. Brown. He has power over scrubs trying to make the roster where he can tell them exactly what to do, when to do it, how to do it at all times if they're going to be on the team. And I think he has power over guys who just signed a big contract. Or guys who are happy. Because they're happy with the contract guys they have. Unhappy. So they're going, to want to go, they're going to want to get along, go along, do what's right for the team in that respect. There's going to be more and more players in that middle area of, I have done well, and I feel like I've outplayed my rookie deal or the deal I signed before, and you better give me more money or I'm just going to show up and sit in the hot tub during well, activities. During minicamp. But these three days, and it really amounts to two days for the Titans because they won't practice tomorrow. They'll do some team-building BS. Don't matter in the big picture. And when training camp rolls around, he's not making a lot of money, so $40,000 a day will hurt him. If he shows up and holds in, then you got an issue. And so what happens then? Here's one theory we threw out. And, and I, I mean, think this is totally But what's totally going to stop him from doing that if he right. wants to? I, th I totally think this is a hold-in. But Here's one theory I think could have some plausibility. I'll see what you guys think. And we discussed this, a couple of us in the media. Mike Vrabel's very smart. Mike Vrabel was a union guy. Mike Vrabel's been on the player side of stuff like this. He sees it coming. And he says to Jeffrey Simmons, or Jeffrey Simmons' uncle, and Jeffrey Simmons, Jeffrey Simmons' uncle is his head of his team, who he's unable to name anybody else on it, says, I know what's happening here, what's about to happen. You should just come. And we'll put you on a, on a plan. I won't even ask you to practice. He's, he takes the lead on the foresight and says, before we get to anything, just come to minicamp. We'll give you some conditioning. We'll ask you to watch a bunch of film. And we'll avoid the whole thing. I'm, I'm going to nip it in the bud before it gets to anything. Then we'll see you at training camp. And hopefully you and John talk or whatever and come to some, you know, come to an agreement or don't. But what's to stop him from claiming there's a hamstring, some hamstring tightness? If he doesn't get what he wants by training camp. Well, at least you forestall it six weeks without turning it into a thing. Though it turns But again, it's, like, it's still going to be a thing until he gets exactly what he wants. I, I don't think he's getting it. Nobody Great. from the 2019 the, class has been extended. And I, I don't think the Titans have extended anybody two years out except Jarrell Casey. I, I think there's a chance he could get it. Now, he's only making $2.2 million, and he's underpaid this year unquestionably. It's just the way it works. I think in the next contract, you get so much money, it makes up for it. Well, Hutton, you had a piece at OutKick about the next guys to get that step up in money. Well, and I, two names to, to, that came to yeah, mind. Yeah, last week, Paul, I wrote at, at OutKick.com about the, the two next in line on the defensive front across the league. Now that Aaron Donald has his raise, it's not even a contract extension it was a contract adjustment. They didn't. They added and added on voidable years, yeah, which is nice. in exchange for giving him a big salary bump. And uh, Simmons is not going to get Donald money. No, does but, he, is he worthy of? No, 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 no. But he's next. He's next in line at the position. Um, and so is Nick Bosa. 
Nick Bosa on the defensive front could get Aaron Donald money. And those that, are the two best players from that draft class. Right. And but the difference is is where Bosa was drafted. Second. His guaranteed money right now, he's getting what Simmons will get next year. Ten. On year four. Ten plus. So Bosa knows and, and, and Bosa coming off the twenty twenty injury, he was it the Achilles injury, maybe. Uh, Achilles or ACL one uh, in week two. He came off that year and then last year led the NFL in sacks. Uh, no, excuse me. He had 14 and a half in the regular season. By the end of the postseason, he had 19 and a half sacks. And if he repeats that production, he's going to get Aaron Donald money from San Francisco. But, uh, to me, that's, a, that's happening if he repeats the production and he's good enough to be able to do it. He showed up at the mandatory minicamp and he practiced last week. He was there. Um, because I, it, the NFL is about the guaranteed money that you have on your contract. Simmons has got 2.2. And I think there's some logic to what is happening here from both sides. Um, I, I agree with you. This is definitely one of those sit-ins instead of a sit-out. Um, Simmons, it, it's a peculiar situation. He knows what Donald just got. He's got, he's got to have a lot of people behind the scenes telling him he's next. And I think the Titans know he's next because the Titans want him locked up long term. They also want him healthy. He's in shape. He showed up for the physical on Monday that he would have had, just like every player. And he's to, down to, to like 298 he's from 312. In. He's shown more than likely he's on whatever course they want him to be on weight-wise. And I also think from his perspective, now's the time to get some representation that knows what they're doing That's, with I a mega contract. Entirely. Your so uncle can't you, do this deal. So if you go with that line of thinking, he's there. So he won't get fined, which is fine. The Titans are too practical. I mean, no big deal. I, I, I've said many times what what they're doing to me, especially on the offensive and defensive fronts. There's not much going on there in these practices. So he's checked in. He it, are there talks going on? Today's media availability made it seem like there were, even though they wouldn't say it uh, because they're beating around the bush too much and trying to be. Uh, strategic or um, uh, what's secretive. the word? Secretive on how they're using their language. A secret holdout. Um, Who's ever heard of such? A it's thing? certainly not an injury, right? So Terrell I, Williams I, I, said he's not hurt. I his get, position coach. I get the sense this is okay. Simmons wants to make the right call on whoever he's going to represent him, and it may end up being a group of people that he's going to pay a lump sum to in exchange for negotiating this extension. But I, I, again, I don't know that. But instead of a 3%, 5%, whatever it is for the agent fee, which he doesn't currently have, or he didn't as of this week. Um, and then the Titans are sitting back going, well, he's here. Everything's in good faith. It's June. And he's the most consistent player returning from our roster last season. Like the entire roster, the most consistent player game in and game out, to me, was Jeffrey Simmons. And if you buy that he's not plateauing yet, that he's continuing his career rise which he's been very good and improving every year with what he's adding to his arsenal it makes sense just to play ball at this point and let him figure things out business wise and get that in line as you go into the regular season I, or training camp I could be dead wrong and and this is him getting advice from his uncle which uh, is Jason Hatcher I believe yes who played for the Cowboys um, 
he's a part of this group, and Simmons laid out that he's he's got a a group of people. Although he would not say who's who those Isn't people are, but he didn't Hatch. he did mention his uh, his uncle, but that was it. Paul, as you mentioned, um, I, maybe he doesn't have that in line yet, but he knows that he needs to get that in line, and he's protecting himself from getting hurt by going out there without proper representation because his uncle's saying, hey, man, don't go out there and blow your knee on a non-contact injury when you're making 2.2. Meanwhile, you've got Bosa, who's guaranteed $20 million over the next two years, even if they don't get something long-term, and they will. Yeah, and, and his cap number wouldn't explode with a new deal um, because it, it'll go from 2.2, it could go to 5, 6, it's the something, way it's structured. It's something to watch, Chad. I don't think it gets to a point where he fakes an injury. And I also think there's there've got to be protections in there where a, a player if he's cleared by the team to practice when they check in for these physicals. To me, they can still find him if he refuses to practice, even if he's there. Now, I may read the rule wrong. But if the team clears you, medically clears you to play and you refuse, you go on some do not report list and you're not getting paid. Well, that, I, that's good. It should be that right. Way. Like I, that. I I fully believe that a team doctor should be the one that determines whether or not you can practice in a situation like this, because it's very easy to lie about an injury. I agree with and that. make it up. But look, I it, think it's very hard to to fool a doctor into saying, "No, this I, is going on right now." Yeah. I mean, you but you could make anything up, and I feel like we're in a spot where we have to believe them if they say that. No, we don't. I think the doctor should decide. This, to me, to, to extend it to, to the Titans' bad offseason. Look, Ryan Tannehill felt like he was misinterpreted on the mentoring thing, but then he said, but I knew I'd talk to you guys again. Make a phone call or send a tweet, and you quash that story in a couple days instead of a couple weeks. Traylon Burks has asthma. Three weeks after it came up and the debate started about Traylon Burks' fitness versus his health, um, Rob Moore, his position coach, said it. If you just say at the beginning, part of what Traylon Burks is adjusting to here is that he has asthma, so that's part of his adjustment. It's a one-day story instead of a three-week debate. Um, There's another one I'm forgetting, and now this with Jeffrey Simmons, where you could simply say, Contracts are part of the business in the NFL, and Jeff's reached the point where he needs to pause. Jeff could say it, or they could say it. I've reached the point where I need to pause to consider my options and stuff, but I plan on being at training camp and active, and I'll have it sorted out in some way, shape, or form, or I've come to terms with it by then. You say those four sentences. This is PR 101. What are you doing over there? Amy Adams Strunk, is this what you want? Winning solves everything, but you know what doesn't? Losing in the first round of the playoffs all the time. Now, the fan base is going to blame us because we extend the story. But the story gets extended because you leave it wide open for us to extend. You could shut us up with four sentences. So why don't you? Because your coach has a big ego? Because your GM has a big ego and they want to toy with us, toy with us like we're cats and they've got a bowl of string? Is that fun for you organizationally? Because it's stupid business. You want support for the stadium. You want support for a quarterback who's a playoff choker. You want all good things. You've got a small fan base and a stadium filled with fans of the other team. So quash easy stories easily. Get your PR people, who I think are good, listen to, instead of running from Mike Vrabel and John Robinson. It's not that hard. It's stupid. 
to extend these stories. I don't know if you're sitting there laughing at it or you don't care or what, but it's dumb. Stop doing it. Or they're not being told, the PR is not being told what's going on. Well, I, I don't know if PR knows what's going on or not, but they watch the reaction. They're reading what all of us are writing. They know that well, it's the hot topic on sports talk radio on I every think that's station and, and our show. I why they made them available today, though, to their credit. Right, but then when Vrabel, the PR director, goes and tells Vrabel how badly they went, Vrabel could quash it with one damn no, sentence. No, I don't disagree so with that. So quash it. But they did. They at least made the player available who's been... I give him credit for standing up there. I give him yesterday. credit for standing up there. But he didn't help himself. He, he wasn't capable of helping himself because he kept saying... Well, he uh, my make- team has a plan, right? but I don't know if they're talking contract up there. I said, well, who's the boss of the team, Jeff? The, is the team telling you what to do, or are you telling the team what to do? He said, I'm telling the team what to do. I said, so then you know if the team's talking contract. But I think, I think and I don't think, I think we know that he's beating around the bush because he feels like he has to based on the way the team treats every situation right, like anything. this. So he's trying not to say he the tried. wrong thing without lying. Yeah, he tried. I give him credit for Trump. <laughs> well, it's almost, I feel like with, with Vrabel specifically, it's almost like he's trolling all of you guys and everyone else to not say anything, beat around the bush, let you speculate all you want because he feels like they're going to do well and then he's going to come back months later and say, I don't know, all you guys are saying this about Traylon Burks and this guy and I guess guess he's doing all right where he could have just said something in the, in the beginning and not done that, but he wants the speculation. It's almost like he wants that to happen, so then he can throw it back in your face when it doesn't come true. Yeah, well, it worked real well with Julio Jones. Let, let's get back into this in hour number three because this ties into some other big storylines across the league in this regard and players who are practicing despite having a year or two left on a contract that have been reported that could be extended by the time we get to camp. And honestly, um, Simmons could be in that boat too. We'll get back into it uh, in, in the third hour. When we come back, we have uh, some discussion about the U.S. Open. Chad, you mentioned the course. Um, It's one of the five original courses for the PGA, and it goes back a ways. It's also a very popular course among golfers uh, because of the difficulty and because of the championships that have been played on those grounds. Who's likely to play the best given the wind conditions this weekend? We've Got Cam Rogers coming up to let you know exactly that. That's all next on Outkick 360. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Rated PG-13. I feel like the U.S. Open really snuck up on us, and it might be because we've been chatting about the PGA and the Live Tour so much. Outkick 360 rolls on. Cam Rogers is the host of Lock It In on the Believe Network, and he's nice enough to join us now as we preview the U.S. Open. Cam, hope you're doing well, man. What's going on, guys? Wait, is there a tournament this week? I sort of <laughs> forgot about all that. Tell me, what what is this course known for? Uh, aside from the history and the historical elements of all the tournaments that have been played here and the champions that have been made, uh, from a player perspective, What's smart to side with? 
Yeah, absolutely. So listen, you look at the past few winners at the U.S. Open, and we're talking about the who's who of bombers on the PGA Tour. Rom, DeChambeau, Woodland, Kepka twice, DJ. All of these golf courses, Torrey Pines, Winged Foot, big ballparks. A little bit different here this week at the Country Club. We're talking about a par 70, 7,200 yards. So the defense of this golf course is not the length. And it's not even the tree-lined aspect because there are less trees now due to a recent renovation. It's actually the bunkering and the long rough, of course, which is a staple of the U.S. Open. So the other thing, too, second smallest greens in major championship history outside of Pebble Beach. So the way in which I'm seeing this tournament sort of factoring out, if you will, a lot of guys are going to miss greens. So a lot of guys are going to be in the same bucket, if you will, trying to save themselves around these greens and out of the sand. This could be a scramble fest of sorts, very different than what we've seen at U.S. Opens in the past when the, all the bombers are playing well. Follow Cam on Twitter at Mister Rogers ninety nine, host of Lock It In on on the Believe Network. Uh, so it sounds like if, if you if you hit the greens, you've got a great shot. McElroy's been playing the best. Is he one of your favorites? He's inside my top ten in terms of the power ranking. Certainly loved him for a top ten finish here this week. And again, he could run it back and win this week. After winning last week at the Canadian Open, I just think that maybe it won't happen. I will note that he's got that swagger back, guys. Like, he's got that little pep, his Rory hop, if you will, when he's walking down the fairway. Like, that's all back now. So, listen, top 20 in all strokes gained categories over the last 24 rounds. Number one in strokes gained total over the last 24 rounds. There's just not a lot of value in Rory McIlroy this week. He's the favorite. He's like 10 or 11 to 1. So, like, unless you're hell-bent on him winning again this week, there's not much value, certainly in a top 10. Maybe you look at him in the matchups, but otherwise, probably not going to put any of my cash on him. He is number six in my power rankings. Love him a lot. He sets up well here, but I don't see him winning it here this week. Speaking of back, Phil Mickelson is back in this tournament. What kind of reception do you expect he gets when he tees off tomorrow? I think it's going to be met with a lot of cheering. And I thought maybe there'd be a mixture of booing. You know how the Boston fans can be very passionate and what have you. I'm a New England guy. I know these fans like the back of my hand, but people love Phil. People love a redemption story. And that's what he is here. Now, if we're talking about Bryson DeChambeau and Patrick Reed, well, nobody really likes them. So they might get jeered a little bit here and there. But for Phil Mickelson, he's got that vibe that people just like. And I will also note that golf Twitter is not reality. Reality is reality. And I'm seeing a lot of videos out there of Phil doing the thumbs up thing with fans. And he's on the Celtics as well. So, you know, he's playing up to the crowd. I think he'll be met with a lot of cheers here tomorrow. Give us an underdog. Who's somebody we should play maybe as a top five, top ten? I like Matt Fitzpatrick a lot this week, guys. He won at this golf course back in the 2013 U.S. Amateur, fifth at the PGA Championship, only his second top 10 in a major, but that's significant because, of course, the most recent major here on the schedule. So he's carrying some momentum here. T12 at Shinnecock and Pebble Beach. Pebble Beach, similar layout, if you will, aside from the water, of course, as the country club. So I think Matt Fitzpatrick is in for a pretty solid week. Would not be surprised to see him hoist the trophy on Sunday evening, but love him for a top 10 here this week. Final minute, Cam. Uh, we have not seen Kepka play recently. He says he's been playing practice rounds, you know, but he, we haven't seen him in tournament play. How much does that worry you to just back him with your money? 
Yeah, I'm off Brooks Kepka this week, guys. I think there's something missing there. Typically, you could bet him and feel confident going into a major championship, regardless of form. But you saw him yesterday during that press conference. I mean, he was getting annoyed at the basic questions about the live tour. Like, that's not a good sign when he's getting annoyed at the media before he gets annoyed at the country club because it's easy to get frustrated at a U.S. Open. But, you know, that aside, the stats aren't great. Hasn't been playing well so far in 2022. Missed the cut at the Masters. Not great at the PGA. I'm off Brooks Kepka. I don't care what the price is. No thank you on Kepka this week. How much worse does he have to play and for how long for him just to take the money and go to Saudi Arabia also on the Live Tour where he's not competing I'll on the PGA you. Tour as much? Well, I'll tell you what. He's close because yesterday somebody asked him about the Live Tour and he was like, well, where else do I go as far as the PGA Tour is concerned? So not exactly a ringing endorsement when you're on the tour and you're like, where else do I go? And somebody was like, Liv. And he was like, well, I am not thinking about that right now. Like, it's not exactly what John Rahm said when he was like all in on the PGA tour and what have you. So I would not be stunned to see Brooks Tepka head on over to that live golf tour and cash out. Cam Rogers, uh, you can cash in by listening to Lock It In on the Believe Network. Follow him on Twitter at Mr. Rogers 99 for more advice on the U.S. Open odds and much more. Cam, thank you for the quick hit today. We're going to, to place uh, a little wager on Fitzpatrick right now, and uh, we will be checking in with you soon. Hey, guys, appreciate you. Keep up the great work. All right, thank you. There Thanks. is uh, Cam Rogers. We've got uh, 360 headlines coming up. Uh, Paul, we always like taking the advice of the experts. We'll be doing that for the U.S. Open. I won on Fitzpatrick as top 10 last major. Nice. And I'm going to download, lock it in, and see what else it, it, he has going on for us for the no, more top 10s. I've it's time to, it's time to make Fanduel pay yes. for all the money they've taken. Down to ninety-one cents. Definitely oh, time for them to make me pay. <laughs> Three sixty. Bring the money to me. Next. <laughs> 